the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And the time, 617 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's quickly go to the phone lines. Line number one, Linwood in Oakland. Linwood, you're still around, brother. You're still around, brother. Hey, listen, man, I just want to share this with you, man. Uh-huh. It's always such a blessing just to hear you, man. I thank God for you. You know, you were talking about what was going on in the Roman Coliseums. Well, I, I see you as our modern-day polycarp. You know? Okay. And, 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 and you know what, man? We could put you out in the middle of a snowbank, and you would minister to the uh, uh, polar bears. It's just in you. You remind me of Paul. He says, you know, you, you can't help it, man. It's in you. It's in you. I, I agree with you. you. Linwood, I agree with you 100%. But I'm going to tell you something. You was, you snatched that out of my brain about Polycarp because as we were dealing with the gladiator issue, I remember, man, I remember him standing up and saying, hey, this thing got to end, you guys. Um I would. I would, by the grace of God, I would, I would, I would. If it meant the salvation of souls, I would, boy. Amen. You know, I remember when when I was in school, going to ministry school, Right. and uh, they told us to dig deep, man. There was things that I seen in myself that I didn't like, man. Right, right. You know, I had had to pull them out because one thing she taught us was hurting people hurt people. 100%. But I I wanted to share this with you, you know, and this is what it was. I was. I wanted to share. There's causes. And then there's platforms, right. okay? Football, cage fighting, and even duck hunting. They're all causes. And if God uses that as a platform, then so be it. I go back to even the civil rights. You know, who would subject themselves to having cigarettes put out on them, spit on, fire hose, dog bitten for a cause? Who would, who would subject themselves to that? Agreed. You know? I, I mean, they made, they made their cause their platform. Let the world see us. Let the, let the people see what's really going on, what we're willing to subject ourselves to, you know. And then when I look at football, I think of the guy, the doctor you mentioned that Will Smith played. Yeah. You know what? what he, he played a major role. He was a modern-day polycarp. Yes, he was. But you know what I love about men like that? You know, he didn't have no personal agenda because he was offered a Washington Post. He sure was. A Washington Post position, and he turned it down. He sure was. You know, I think about Reggie White, for instance, and many coaches. The, the preacher. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl coaches. <laughs> right. You know, it, it was a platform. And they were there to tell men, hey, listen, you know what? If your father wasn't in your life, you'd be the father in your child's life. Absolutely. You be the example that you didn't have. And then I'm, I'm going to finish with this. I could go on, brother. I can go on. But let me just finish with this. Hebrews 12, 2. Mm-hmm. And it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the what? The joy. joy the joy. Well, it was for the joy that was set before him. Endured, endured what? Endured the cross. Yeah. What do football players endure? They they endure the punishment. Track yeah, yeah. track runners. Yeah. They endure the Olympians. Olympians. What they got to go through to become what they are? You know. Yes, indeed. And, and, and I just think about that. You know how God endured for us. 
You know, I'm, and I'm thinking, man, first time somebody slapped me, uh-huh. first time they spit on me. That's right. Oh, I'm calling. I'm not just calling the legion of angels. That's right. I'm calling on. I'm calling on God the Father. God, Father, you want to come down and do something? Because I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to break loose here. See, you know. <clears throat> but God knew that we were able by our faith to lean not on our own understanding, but trust in him. And that's what we have to do daily in football, in acting. I think a guy's like Denzel Washington acting in his platform. And then I'm going to finish with this. I went to see a movie a while back. I've seen a few movies. I love true stories. Sure. Hacksaw Ridge. Sure. It was about a guy who went into the military in the heat of war. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Of course. Of course. And they call him a coward. They call him. They didn't want him to go in. They said, don't ever depend on this guy. And he saved hundreds of men lives in a war zone, yeah, okay, yeah. with no weapon. <laughs> right. He and, had a cause, an unbroken Olympian guy who was a, taking a prisoner of war, and the Japanese guy beat him half between a half inch of his life, and yet he stood strong. He had to get up under a board and hold it up over his head, and he refused. He refused to be broken. And as believers, man, we got to be just like Jesus. We got to endure because there's a joy set before us. Love you, brother Jesse. Love you, too. That's a preacher right there. Y'all know that. That's a preacher right there. He said, I'm done right here, but he had two more points as well. Um, What Linwood was talking about, which is really a critical point in assessing anything that takes place, is there any redeemable component to it? Right. I appreciate what you're saying, Linwood. Is there a redeemable component to it? And, And one of the things that politics and media will do, even for those of us who uh, enjoy the medium of sports and entertainment at different levels, I actually uh, used uh, the book of Eli uh, Linwood to preach a profound uh, paradigmatic and hoopodigmatic uh, correlation uh, between the book of Eli and and what it means to walk by faith, be blind to the world, committed to the book and its transformation into our hearts uh, and the struggle that you have to have in in, in holding on to the book. And there there he is again, once again, uh, uh, demonstrating in his his skillful um, acting uh, just a massive role of uh, of, of what's important on, on a redeemable level. But what Linwood also said is that uh, in, in sports, football, there are lots of believers, and I'm reminded now of coaches and quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. I can't believe that they aren't interested in making the game better, making the game smarter, making the game more uh, productive uh, because they are men who are redeemed and their hearts have to be uh, given to the Imago Dei. So there's your argument for the redeemable components in it. As he said, it becomes a platform. Then we think about civil rights movement. We think about wars. Look at wars. A great metaphor for it. If we could if we could help it, there would never be a war. But in fact, there are wars. And as a consequence, we've got to simply deal with those wars and try to do it uh, on a um, a redemptive level. So I definitely appreciate that perspective. I'm going to take a break again. I think I'm up, am I to do for a break. Uh, okay, let, let me go to line number four and talk with David and Stanley Andrew. David, are you there? Yes, I am. David, what's your question, observation, or comment today? Well, I was thinking that is there a good spirit in in Christmas? Is there a good spirit in Christmas? Yes. I think there should be a great spirit in Christmas. First of all, I'm glad you called again. Um, I enjoy this time of the year. How about you? 
Oh, I have very enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I love this time of the year for a lot of reasons. Uh, and the most important is that it gives us an opportunity to focus in on the, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the gift that God has given to us as human beings. But it's also an opportunity for us to reflect that gracious gift in our interaction with one another. I think that this time of the year, there should be a good spirit in, in, in attitude on the part of all of us. I think we should, and it probably does happen, David, it probably does happen that for the most part, most people will behave better this time of the year, uh, simply because there is the celebration of the most, uh, the most perfect man who ever walked this earth, and that is the Lord Jesus. And so, I think it is a great opportunity for the Spirit to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in the lives of all sorts of men and women during this time. Um, so, what are your thoughts about that? Well, so I bet if you research uh-huh. what the kids say about what's the main thing of Christmas, right? They say that it's presents. I agree. That's what they would say. Go ahead on. Wait, what? I agree with you. That's what they would say. Go ahead on. What else do you have to say about it? Well, does like God go on? Does God go inside, go into the tree, go under us and, and give a spirit of like, like, like something that gives us luck for being, for, for being like, a big family and um, celebrating the the time of who we care and love. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to put it. We could probably be a little bit more biblical about it. The spirit of God does take an opportunity like this time of the year called Christmas and, and does bring us together and does give us a warmth and concern and compassion and joy and delight to be with one another. For instance, do you have any brothers or sisters, David? Uh, I do have a big brother. Oh, you do? Tyler. How, how, yeah. how much older is he than you? Hmm. I don't know. I'll ask. He's a volunteer big, big brother. Okay, and now, right. And so you have mom? You got mom around? Yeah, she's in the kitchen. Oh, she's good. Kitchen. How about dad? Where's dad at? If I call again, remember, I don't have a dad. Okay, all right. Then I'll, then, then you do, but and, David? And I wasn't born with a dad, so you, if, you, if you want to say anything bad to yourself, go ahead. No. David. Yes. Who's that in the back? That's my mother. What is she doing? It's just my mother. Oh, it's just your mother? What is she cooking? Pancakes. Oh, pancakes. You got two brothers right here that love pancakes in the evening. (laughs) Man, you are so blessed. Well, I do. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to know something? Uh-huh. This is a song that is called I'm Blessed. Yes. It's a peaceful it's a peaceful song and it's like saying something about in Sunday the day you go to church. Yes, sir. Maybe you should maybe you should hear it. Maybe you should hear it in your phone. You look you might like it. I am. I'm going to actually look it up today before on my way home and listen to it. And then I'll let you know next week what I think about it. It's called I'm Blessed. 
Yeah, I'm blessed. That's what the song said. Yeah. I loved it. it awesome. Was, like, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was, it was just off my charts. Awesome. I mean, like, I mean, like, seeing, like, in my own, I have a, I have a, like, an invisible music list mm-hmm. of what I like mm-hmm. and, the, <laughs> and the words come, come up to, to, like, first, second, or third or something. Yeah. And then that's it. That's awesome. I forget that list. In, that's wonderful. In my thoughts. That's wonderful. I don't forget that. I don't forget that thoughts in my. I don't forget that list in my thoughts. I have a lot of. I might be a lot of things in common. I know you. I, I know you do. I know you have a lot of things going on in your head too. And I'm glad that you called. And I'm glad that you shared that song with me. I am going to look that song up. I'm blessed, and I want to be able to enjoy that song with you as well. Listen, say hello to your mother and enjoy those pancakes, man. I love pancakes, and I'll talk to you in a little while, okay? Um, so I have one more thing. Okay. I have a fact about sharks. So don't hang up, okay? I just want to tell you about it. Okay. So... The dangerous thing about sharks, they are dangerous, right? Right. But some people use shark as bad things. They use sharks as, they use shark skins as, um, like, kind of belts. Right. Like belts. Right. And they use the shark's fins to make soup. That is super gross. Okay. And um, they use the sharks. Mm, pretty much, that's all I know. Okay. Well, you've given me that's something. True. You've given me something to think about concerning sharks because I'm fascinated by sharks as well, and I'm going to think about that. All right. Okay. Because, uh, because even if they're dangerous, you can't just hit hurt them. That's killing sea wildlife. Okay. We have to think that one through. Thank you, David, for the call. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. I've got to take a break, you guys. That was David from San Leandro. I love it when he calls. David from Oakland. Let's see. No, Ken from San Jose. You're patient, my brother. And David from Oakland, when I come back, I'll take you. I've got two lines open, one 888 Two lines open, one 888 We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back at the time, 634 in the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. <clears throat> Give me a call, one 367 If you want to chat and talk, as did David, I'd love to hear from you. one 367 Let's go quickly to line number two and talk with Ken and San Jose. Ken, thank you for your patience. Hi, Pastor Gustav. No problem. I wanted to bring up an issue which I don't hear about in related to this football injury problem and concussions, and that is the changes in the football field. I'm old enough to remember when a football field was turf. I mean, it was, you know, grass on top of dirt and it was watered, but it was much softer than the current um, predominating fields, which as far as I can tell are like a carpet, like a thin carpet drawn over concrete or some other kind of hard base which has to be contributing to a lot of these injuries. What's your comment on that? Well, the coach that just um, got off the line, Coach Thomas, 
who happens to be a member of our church and is an active coach right now, made that same observation that the vast majority of the injuries are a consequence of the of the turf, of the football fields, and that we need to actually use our uh, scientific expertise to move into another kind of field so that we minimize the the um, injuries as a consequence of the field. He, you're absolutely right. The field is a significant contributing factor. They made the field for agility and speed, but they weren't obviously um, taking into regard the serious impact that occurs when a player hits it and then is pummeled by four or five other players on top of him. Exactly, and it's uh, it's finance driven too because obviously it's cheaper to maintain that kind of field than it is to you know a place you have to maintain it and water it and repaint it and all everything is in, inherent in you know a turf based field. Agree. It's a lot cheaper this way, but it also is more injurious to the participants. I agree. The older fields used to be ugly, as you know. So we're dealing with fields that uh, that that would be um, aesthetically now more beautiful, but less um, less appropriate for uh, for the physical bodies of our athletes. Oh, in the old days, as you know it, the fields were choppy and there were brown spots here and 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 and, and grass removed. But it was under underneath the grass was a healthy bed of soil that served as a serious cushion. And we moved away from that because of, as you said, not only the cost, but the image so that the football fields don't look um, as tattered and um, and torn up as they used to in the past. But that's because we're dealing with artificial turf or fields that are so um, hard that, again, they're contributing to the accidents. And I think that that is something that if they're not already looking into, they need to look into that as well. Right, you're on the right track with that, and this is a more general topic, which we don't have time to get into, but that is the use of um, science, and in this case physics and technology, in a, in a dehumanizing way, in an anti-Christian way, so it's another topic, but that's, I think... But that's it's, part of it. it's, it's, it's completely concurrent with, um, with our converse, conversation, uh, Ken, around um, which direction are we going to go into relative to um, us being Christians and actually still being within the sphere of influence of different um, social constructs. So in the field of science, uh, in relationship to social constructs, if we're Christian scientists and we do understand that we're moving more towards an AI um, uh, social status, and you know what I mean by AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Absolutely. As we're moving more towards an AI um, uh, status of, of uh, interrelationships between humans and robots and ultimately um, a, an integration of humans and robots in a very perverted anti-Christian way, I think if we don't maintain a vital prophetic role in the world in, in, in terms of the church and strategic prophetic roles in terms of our um, presence in politics, presence in uh, education, presence in uh, strategic business uh, fields to maintain the kind of uh, conscientious leverage that's necessary for uh, for there to be a, um, a break placed on the ethics and morals uh, relative to exploring um, a, a whole new uh, world of, of, of social uh, existence in regards to artificial intelligence, because it's here. Um, 
I think you're right that science will move away from respecting our humanity under a godless antichrist model of us being uh, just part of the inanimate creation and having no distinct uh, premium value. Uh, Yeah, if we don't if we don't intercept that trajectory, we will look up and find our culture. Uh, seamlessly engaged in the integration of artificial intelligence at the level of artificial intelligence functioning in a superior way, uh, which would suggest that um, that human beings at some point uh, and on some levels will be throwaway components. I think you understand exactly what I mean. Oh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, And, and, and we've got to fight. Um, proper uh, propositionally against that while as yet the, the Lord has not returned. I think we have to just make sure that in every sphere of life that there is a biblical worldview imposed in it at the highest levels so that we don't, the world doesn't run amok with it. Now, of course, when God uh, begins to take his hands off of humanity as a whole, we can just be sure that the escalation of artificial intelligence, the integration of artificial um, uh, life forms with human life forms are going to occur. They probably are already occurring at, 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 at in places and in, in circumstances that we are not aware of yet in the form of old chimera uh, ideology. And I'm hoping that, you know, we, we don't have to deal with that uh, in our lifetime, but I'm afraid the subject that you just brought up can is something that we're going to have to deal with at length um, in, in the long run. We're just going to have to we're going to have to deal with it at length because it's unavoidable. There are hints of that kind of concept running through the scriptures. And so it's it's it has to have its roots in sort of a demonic uh, predisposition. What's your last thoughts before I let you go? Just that um, the broader topic would be things like the, the developments in the last Fifty to hundred years, the um, the development of the birth control pill, which has degenerated our morals, and the uh, moves toward um, toward a totalitarian totalitarian um, electronic dictatorship, exemplified by the NSA and related issues. So things like that were part of a more general topic. Very much so. Bring it up one of these days early on in the show. Now I'll expand with my thoughts on it biblically and uh, and reflectively. It sounds good. Thanks for the call. I'm going to take a break right about here, and then when I come back, I'll uh, we'll we'll make our way through our phone calls with David and Lee and Joel. Uh, you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back. The time six forty five. Let's go to line one and talk with David in Oakland. David, are you there? Hey, hey, Pastor Jesse, how you doing? I'm great. What's your thoughts? Uh, okay, so your uh, your your topic made me think. Uh, you know, if there are too much violence in football, and it made me think about uh, you know how uh, Christians are called to do other jobs like uh, you know. Um, police officers or soldiers, mm-hmm. and and you know, um, made me wonder like if you know if we're talking about football, you know, if it's too much violence, then you know, what about when people have to you know take the law into their hand or you know have to defend themselves or even like in the sense of like you know churches having security, especially with all the like the, you know kind of mass shootings going on in churches and stuff like that. So I just wondered how you, uh, you know, 
how you felt about that because you know I know I've heard you say like uh, you know if the sword never advances the gospel and uh, um, you know if you live by the sword you die by the sword but you know we're called in those positions to use uh, force sometimes so how do we reconcile that right being Christian? they don't need to be and reconciled. They don't need to be reconciled. They just need to be prioritized. So let me see if I can work with you on that just to bring some clarity to it. Um, there's okay, no. Okay. And yeah. I just had one last question. Okay, okay. Go ahead. I want, and I wanted to know how is it possible for uh, a believer to be uh, pro, pro ethnicity and also pro Christ at the same time? Meaning, like, can you be for your, your race um, and also still love, you know, still be pro-Christ at the same time. And I'll take my answers off there. Okay. <clears throat> All right. That's, that's okay. So what I'm going to do is take the last one first and the first one last and reconstruct it only because it, it doesn't need to have the kind of either or uh, construction that David put on it. Um, every person is what they are ethnically, first and foremost. There's no such thing as polygenics. We are all one race. It's just a fact. But we are different ethnic groups, and the variations of shades and colors and cultures um, is the way God has made us. That's Acts 14 and Acts 17. Of one, of one blood has he made all nations of men, and he has appointed their boundaries, and he has placed them where they are so that they write from where they are and the experiences of their culture and the monolithic nature of their ethnic groups are designed to glorify God as well. Um, God is not um, anti-monoethnic. Uh, uh, what he is anti is anti-ethnocentric. In other words, if you think your race is so much, whether white or black, as to negate the superiority of the Imago Dei in, in God and in the person of Christ, who is neither Jew nor Gentile, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, we know him no more after the flesh, which is a huge problem with ethnocentrist. He is the God man and he represents all of us. Um, the goal is to make sure that Christianity uh, simply is adorned by our ethnicity, not smothered or obscured by it. So whoever you are, whatever your ethnicity is, your ethnicity only has value to the degree that you honor the God who gave you that ethnicity. Therefore, we are not to hate our ethnicity. Um, and if we were to press deeper into it, our ethnicity is actually a bleed over and a composite of so many other ethnic groups, even if we don't look like it. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Um, going back then to, so there's no, there's no reconciling that. The only thing you want to make sure you do is you don't idolatrize your ethnicity, which has been a problem in our world, especially among our European Caucasian folks. Um, unfortunately, whenever you're, and this has happened with the Jews too, whenever your ethnicity rises above the reality of God to where you feel like you're superior to other people, now you've committed idolatry. Anybody can do it anywhere, anytime. You become a Christian, you rise above your ethnicity, but you do not throw your ethnicity away. In fact, God will use you in your own ethnic group. That's what he did with the 11 disciples. He let Paul uh, go among the Gentiles, but the other 11 were largely uh, to the circumcision, to their own people. 
When we do missionary work, we don't tell people to leave their own ethnic group. We tell them to minister to their ethnic group. We come in, we train them, educate them, and then we prepare them for ministry among their own ethnic groups. That's how it ought to be. But you're not bound to your own ethnic group. That would be eugenics for sure, of the Margaret Sangler kind and and a whole bunch of the bad history that's going on in our world. In terms of... um, Military, firemen, uh, um, uh, police officers, law enforcement. John the Baptist taught the uh, the Roman centurions how to love Christ and at the same time do justice and and not take advantage of the subordinates and citizens. Absolutely. We need it in this broken, fallen world. We need those systems. The idea of taking up the sword um In the context of Revelation chapter 13, he that lives by the sword shall die by the sword. That is not the same as becoming a police officer or FBI agent or a detective or any of our intelligences, our intelligent uh, services, intelligence services in our nation. We need all those systems. This is a fallen world. And we need believers in those systems functioning prophetically and priestly. We need priests true believing priests from a biblical order and, and, and anointed by God's spirit to bless, um, to bless our, our, our leaders with knowledge and, and prayerful uh, coverings. We need that. That's just something we need. That's a non-negotiable. That's why he's always left a witness in the world, some aspect of his kingdom, either the prophet or the nation of Israel, which was his prophet. And now the church, which is his prophet and priest under Jesus, who is our head. Um, Our culture needs this. Society needs believers in all of those spheres. So, David, yeah, Um, when it comes to our church and, and, uh, you know, you're part of our church, you know, I love you for that. And the family as well. We're going to protect our own. Um, But that's not the same as living by the sword. To live by the sword is to make your money by forcing people under your jurisdiction and rule by a sword. That's we're not doing that. Believers are not called to do that, but we need believers in the military. We certainly do. Um, The righteousness of God restrains evil, and he does it by his spirit through his people. I think you got that, my brother. Absolutely. 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 Let me go to Joel on line number two, uh, San Francisco. Joel, what's going on, brother? How are we doing, Pastor? I'm great. By the way, Joel's on the front line. It's a psychological and spiritual battle on that front line as we deal with calls um, of of a very dire nature, often um, suicide and self-destructive behaviors and depression and things of that nature. That is a warfare. We're all in that warfare in all reality, and we're all soldiers, and we all have to take up arms in a real sense. Wouldn't you say that, uh, Brother Joel? Yes, I would, brother. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to give you a praise report. That, yes, sir. Uh, you, you wanted us to call back. Yes, sir. We have uh, three uh, uh, great soldiers from um, Grace Bible that have joined and helped us out on the phone lines. And we just thank God for, for you and them and just you being able to mature them, to them to be able to recognize that the Word of God tells us that we have to keep our light lit up burn it not hide it under underneath the bed or, or put it away and 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 these these three individuals uh are just a, a true blessing to us because they call back and check in on the people to see how they're doing and yeah the phone lines uh are lit up all the time we need more volunteers there we go put it out go, there we're, put, we're put it out there you know one eight six six to jesus and we're on google mm-hmm. and the lord has done it 
all on his own because he is mighty and he's on his throne and he's taken the internet and turned it around against Satan and his army and is crushing them down. We had a, a, a gal that called uh, just the other day and mm-hmm. she was in a hotel room ready mm-hmm. to jump off her balcony. Yeah. But uh, the Lord intervened and uh, one of our brothers continued to talk to her for about 55 minutes and she left that hotel room and went home because the Lord touched her with his mighty hand and and straightened her out. So See? we just thank, thank the Lord for, you know, what he's doing. Listen, I'm, I'm loving what you're saying from just a number of vantage points, Joel. Um, some of us get to enjoy the freedoms and the blessings of, uh, of life in, in, in not so uh, harrowing a context. Uh, and and I, my brothers and sisters that are firemen and my brothers and sisters that are police officers, I've got a daughter right out there now saving lives. It was just this Thanksgiving that she uh, that she saved uh, two people by resuscitation uh, skills, her and her team. She's an EMT, one of those emergency uh, mobile transit systems that go out when, when there are um, crisis. And uh, it was Thanksgiving. She'd come home and said, Dad, we, we popped two back, uh, brought two back. Um, and then eventually one of them passed on. But but that's the those are the works of heroes, man. Those are, that's hero work. Um, we do love people. We do love life. And we do want to see people recover from these dark places that they're in. And, and, and God means for us to be there. And, and what you're doing um, is a great work. And people need to be involved. I, I wish I could get every believer uh, listening to me to be involved in the task of uh, creating um, a, a space for human beings to consider the goodness and mercy and grace of God and retrieving people from the precipice of eternity. As you did that young lady, that's part of what Jude says, snatching them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, having enough love and care for people to, uh, to take some of our time to yield it towards saving lives. And think about how blessed that is brother to just get a, uh, to be part of a collaborative team like you guys are have a phone number uh, where they have the ability to just talk people out of the edge and bring them back and encourage them to to, to pursue the Lord uh, and to pursue the light uh, and to walk in the grace and promises of Christ. That's huge and precious, just absolutely huge and precious. And I want you to call in every couple of weeks, if not, but once a month to let us know uh, how that goes. And I'm, I'm praying and we'll be praying tomorrow night because, you know, our folks at Grace, they're listening to this program because Monday is a great post op for Sunday worship. Uh, and they, we're going to be at it again. Lord, give us give us soldiers that will be willing to take up arms and help men and women and children and youth and teens and, and troubled uh, daughters and troubled sons who want to check out, you know, and depression is such a mystery. It's such yeah. a mystery, man. It's such a, and, and it's, and it's, and it's on so many levels, Joel. Um, and my heart breaks at that reality that we've got uh, loved ones who are on the brink of cracking and they need, they need inner, they need intercession. Yes, they do, and and we're coming up on a one-year anniversary of this ministry that the Lord, uh, he he did all the work and he just put us to work, and and we're coming up with five hundred people, uh, close to five hundred people that the Lord has touched and changed their lives because the enemy fills their minds with these certain lies, and and the Lord just steps right in with His mighty Holy Spirit and lets and straightens these lives out. So we just thank God for you and your church and. 
and just uh, being able to, to remind everybody one eight six six to Jesus and one, the name of the one eight six six to Jesus. Right, one eight six six to Jesus is the number to call to get and the involved. Website is Prayer Suicide Prevention Line. Prayer Suicide, suicide Prevention, Prevention Line. Line. We're the number one ad on Google, and we praise God for all He's doing with this ministry. Amen, amen, amen. And we're going to pray for more soldiers in the new year. Thank you so much, Pastor. Blessings, brother. There it is. What a good show. Good opportunity for us to be together. Lord willing, we'll see you next week with some singing and some song and some praise and some emotions and then your questions and comments. Pray for me and I'll pray for you. God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.